Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Totally. We were like every uh, every like astronaut movie in the mission control room where you lose contact for a second. Yeah. And you think maybe the main character is dead, but they're not. And then they come back. Yeah. yeah. And you can't be like, could you repeat that? Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was no way we were asking her to it repeat herself. It was the most herself. tense hour of my life. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that absolutely does not judge the gender identities of our Starbucks baristas. I'm Carolyn Bergier. <laughs> I'm Sarah York. And that was a very topical intro. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we are here today diking out with Lily Richards about being in our 20s, some of us more recently than others. Uh, <laughs> Lily is a writer, director, actress, and the creator and star of 20, the web series, which you can watch now on YouTube, or I mean like after this episode, but yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Lily, Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, A couple of quick announcements before we get into things. Our next show at Stonewall is Monday, May 27th. We have an amazing lineup. We have past guests, uh, Jess Henderson and Janine Garofalo, and then also future guests, uh, Lorelai Ramirez and uh, Lisa Traeger. So we're so excited for that show. Uh, Tickets are probably on sale now, so just check our social media media to get the link for that. Um, Also, I'm going to be doing a couple of shows outside of New York. So if you live in Los Angeles, um, I have some shows on June 2nd and June 4th and maybe some other ones in the works. And then also June 14th, I'll be in Albuquerque, New Mexico doing stand up. So go to uh, cbcomedy.com if you want the details on like time and places for that. Very excited. The show on June 2nd is going to be with past guest uh, Liz Glazer. So that's a fun one. And then our live recording here in New York to kick off Pride Week is June 23rd at Caveat in New York. Okay. Speaking of that intro and Starbucks baristas, just a quick update in case you're like not in the know. Uh, after Ellen uh, used to be a beloved yeah. resource for queer uh, media and everything you want to know about uh, queer women and stuff. And yeah, has I spent become... a lot of like 2008 through 10 on AfterEllen.com. Yes, and as our intern Karina <laughs> uh, fondly remembers it being what she uh, would always pull up a secret browser to, to look oh, at yeah. that site so <laughs> nobody, her parents never knew. And now it's like just this vehicle for trans, like weird transphobic yeah. rants and just a reminder to our listeners to, to cancel after Ellen, uh, sadly. Um, yeah, that's like whatever a reverse of a sponsor is for a yeah. website. That's what <laughs> ours. We are trying to actively cancel a brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite tweet on the whole topic, because like Twitter really, uh, lit up the other day when, um, the weird trans hating Starbucks, piece came out uh was past guest Jess Tom had a had a tweet saying that uh it's called after Ellen because his name is Elton now and that was my favorite <laughs> yeah that was great <laughs> joke on the topic and probably enraged whoever yeah. wrote that Jess Tom is pure <laughs> comedy gold on Twitter yeah please follow them um also, we had our last Stonewall show on Monday night, which was so much fun. Thank you to everybody who came out. It was such a great room. It was awesome. I mean, Sydney Washington. Sydney Washington, like, I I don't think I've ever had a more intense, like, friend crush on someone in my entire life. Yeah. I don't think she has any idea who I am, but I <laughs> would give anything to be friends with her. She's just, like, that cool and that funny. Yeah. And also, one thing I love about her comedy is that, like, very rarely to me is it entertaining when comedians like make themselves laugh on stage but the way she does it is so like pure and funny and adorable and I just like I'm obsessed with every single thing that she ever says yeah anyway this podcast sponsored by Sydney Washington (laughs) I 
I am worried about all her jokes about not having good sex. I'm yeah. like, sweetie. <laughs> I know. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's a that. bit, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope that's about an ex because I'm pretty sure her girlfriend was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think no. it's. A, I, I think she's in on the joke. Um, <laughs> and then also we had Sir Baby Girl perform, which. Like, that was really, really rad. Exceeded my expectations. And just a plug for her, she's going to be performing and headlining at Elsewhere in Bushwick during Pride Week on June 25th. And she has um, a really cool, soon-to-be-announced gig in L.A. coming up. So, uh, Lily, you might want to check her out if you like I uh, that up. Yep. really awesome queer pop Yeah. What power. is yeah? What would be, what would her genre be? I guess I would say indie power pop. Yeah, indie power pop is is probably good. But yeah. she is okay, she is extremely right. fun to listen to. Crazy talented. I'm into it. Yeah, she's going to be on the podcast uh, sometime soon. At but like I'm like I need to book her soon. At, like when we booked her for the show months ago, I just had this fear that she was going to just blow be too up famous too fast and yeah. be too famous for us. Like immediately and yeah. thank god it hasn't happened yet but then after seeing her perform at stonewall i'm like okay but it's like gonna happen we should schedule her like in the next month <laughs> yeah maybe in the next five minutes i yeah. don't know but sir baby girl her album uh crush on me is out and it's great um okay other quick news uh sarah you texted me last night to let me know that uh two of our past guests married each other they did, yeah. I saw on uh, Instagram that past guests uh, Taylor Ortega and Nikki Palumbo got courthouse married. Yeah. Good for them. Not only a sound economic decision, <laughs> which is extremely gay of them, I think, to be like, you know what? It's just practical to get married in a courthouse. Yeah. Uh, but really, really adorable because they're both just so such amazing people. Very, very funny people. Um yeah, and I just think it's really cool. So we're recording episode 81 right now, and I feel like we are definitely at the point where we need to start making our own chart of connections between our guests. Yeah. Because <laughs> the more people we have, the more we're finding out. Like, we always ask people, like, oh, what's off topic? And they'll be like, well, uh, these are the guests that I've dated before, so let's not yeah. talk about that. I'm the like, chart would be mostly so dotted juicy. lines for exes, but yeah. some really cute heart lines for ones who are, like, together or married or, Yeah, we you do know. have separate, like, or, yeah. like, several couples who, like, live together where both of them have been on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh. So that's some happy news. Yeah. That we can share. Yeah. <laughs> All the others are secrets, so we can't show the chart. We can't have it, like, behind us like yeah. Alice does wherever she's working. <laughs> if you contribute uh, $100 to our Patreon, we'll absolutely tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think, Sarah. That's patreon.com slash out. Okay. Uh, so, what, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all I wanted to, to talk about. Oh, okay. So our topic today, we're talking about our 20s, and before we like really get into it, uh, I do want to say, Sarah, a listener called you out for... <laughs> for what, what this time? Uh, last, <laughs> last week, you made it sound like people in their 20s haven't seen Mean Girls or The Notebook or don't find <laughs> Rachel McAdams or Rachel Vice hot because they haven't seen those movies. I stand by my comments, but go on. <laughs> I'm Every, kidding. Everyone has I seen know. Mean Girls. I know. I Except just feel my like, wife. I just feel like the, t- you know what? I'm not going to dig my heels in on it. I'm, I agree. I, I'm sure everyone has seen Mean Girls. I just, there's something I about. I think everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's a fair. Because it is really like, it, that's why that movie is so brilliant and that it is so evergreen as yeah. far as like, you know, the humor and everything in it. Um, and just the storyline in general and like kind of the, the ups and downs of high school and things like that. So Fine. I take it back. You're welcome, listener who emailed us. <laughs> you have gotten me to rescind one of my takes. <laughs> I just want to make sure she feels heard. And I you think do. She you, does. Are, you are seen and heard, my friend. All right. I mean, so Lily. Not, to, not to defend okay. you because that listener was definitely right, but um, <laughs> I definitely didn't see Mean Girls until a week after I graduated high school. And it was exclusively because somebody brought it up in reference and everyone was kidding around. And I was like, Sorry, what, one more time? And they're like, Mean Girls. It's from Mean Girls. I went, oh, right, right, Mean Girls. And ah, like, see, I go, saw it. Have you not seen Mean Girls? And I was like, um, I, well, <laughs> I want to. So, you know, we finally oh, wow. watched it. And, uh, well, we, we both watched it our senior years of high school. I was just in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. 
That's great. But yeah, I was behind the curve. Yeah, that's all right. You are in your 20s now. I am, yeah. I'm uh, 24. 24. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Uh, Yeah, that was... (laughs) Only a hot minute ago for me, uh, but not really. Sarah and I are both in our 30s, so this will be a fun... Uh, An intergenerational experience. Yeah, trick down... <laughs> you can probably count this as community service, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old we are. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, please, please let us know if anything has changed uh, in terms of like how we think of our 20s and like what the reality of being in your 20s now. I mean, I'd like to think it's still a hot mess of important moments and yeah. then also wasting so much of your time. Uh, <laughs> so far, so right. Yeah. Okay. Great. And, and I guess, you know, being uh, in your 20s did help inspire your web series. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit um, about your web series and how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 20 follows the story of Maya and her eclectic group of friends as they navigate uh, love, life, work, relationships in their early 20s. Um, the idea came to me after, so I graduated college and moved out to LA and was going in primarily just for acting auditions. Uh, and I was finding that every time I was brought in to audition for a queer female role, she was either like, lesbian sociopath vampire killer or like nice you know, yeah. uh, steals boyfriend away from loving boyfriend like it was just always she was always also doing nice. something yeah you know <laughs> classic um she was always just like ruining the day or killing somebody and yeah. i felt like that was just a really inaccurate representation of Speak queer for yourself. women on the whole. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Wait till you get to your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about being a vampire. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got tired of auditioning for those type of parts. And um, I wanted to see queer women who accurately portrayed, uh, yes. or at least authentically portrayed, So I came up with the idea for 20. Um, Originally, I actually was just going to do a bunch of vignettes of different people in their 20s. Yeah. And I thought, what's the point of that? I'm trying to get work. So why would I only cast myself in one episode? Yeah. Um, So I ended up creating this kind of through line uh, off of the first episode. Uh, For season one, I just cast all my friends, everyone who I knew who was good at improv. Um, We improvised a bunch of it. We would record voice recordings of improvisations and then I would write the script based on some of the things that we'd improvised. Oh, cool. uh, so that, yeah, that was kind of how, how we went for season one. Season two, I obviously said, okay, I need to put a little more thought into this and come up with a script ahead of time. But, uh, that was how the show started. Um, it was totally just a collaborative fun effort. Uh, there was absolutely zero tech on that side, it was my girlfriend with an H5N sound recorder and then a friend of ours on a Canon camera. And that was pretty much all we used for season one. That's so. crazy. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, because it, it looks in and sounds awesome. Thank like you. Like it's very well made. Yeah. We definitely became masters of the H5N and the Canon camera, but I'm obviously in hindsight, I look back and I go, oh, if we'd had money, we could do this or this or sure. whatever. But, um, that's what was so great about our Indiegogo. We were able to raise the money that we needed to make a season two. And we were able to actually like bring in the lighting team and, you know, bring yeah. in some other script supervisor and a few other kind of crucial roles. Uh, so that that was sort of the evolution of the show. Um, and yeah, that's that's now we're here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even though I am uh, no longer in my 20s, there uh, there was, like, so much of it that felt really relatable. Uh, one fun thing was that your character um, meets somebody at a straight bar, and that also happened <laughs> to me once, and I'm like, is this really happening? Like, yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> like, so much of... Um, or most of my friends group, I guess, when, when I was in my 20s were straight. So whenever we would hang out as a group, it was always like a straight bar. But I was like a hawk, just like scanning the room. Just trying to clock like anybody. Seeing if like I anybody. could swoop in on Who anybody that seemed remotely queer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think, 
I think that's the other thing is I, maybe I just say this as a queer woman, but I really do think there's a lot more queer women than people think there are, you know? So yeah. any straight event, you're going to find another one. Like you just have to. It's science. There's got to be another yeah. one in there. So, uh, For sure. But yeah, the, the, I've definitely had my share of meeting queer women at straight clubs or straight events. Um, I actually met my girlfriend now at a frat party. Well, we didn't meet, but we first, our first kiss was at a frat party. So, nice. Uh, <laughs> That's know, so that subversive. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't scream romance. I don't know what does. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just you find love in a hopeless place. Anything's possible. That's true. So, I'm just picturing yeah. some dude just like, dropping the keg tap like yeah. witnessing this kiss <laughs> absolutely i pictured you both was... in togas but that could be inaccurate <laughs> you'd think that we had done like an incredible sports feat because after there was just a Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> massive yeah. universal battle cry yeah so oh made god a few people's nights that night i guess but <laughs> you know that is one thing that i do not miss from uh from my 20s but happened all the time was the uh, obnoxious reactions and obnoxious questions from straight dudes yeah about oh. my sexuality and absolutely yeah like if you still encounter that like it definitely has thinned out and happens much less frequently. But like in my early 20s, like the requests for threesomes, the questions about how do I have sex, the <laughs> wait, but are you really gay? Um, and then the like stares at any displays of affection. Yeah. Um, we're all like peak. Yeah. At, like, that does seem to go away a little bit, you know, as, as we get older and, and, you know, associate with people who are also like kind of in our age group. Um, I'm blown away to hear that, 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 that goes away. I'm grateful. I I think, I think possibly New York has something to do with that. I mean, I imagine if we lived, you know, if I stayed in the Midwest where I'm from, that's, that kind of stuff would probably still be happening to me at an alarming rate. But, um, yeah, I, I I think, I think age and geography are two things that are working in our favor right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always funny too. Like I, I, whenever my girlfriend and I will go traveling, we'll always kind of when we're you know doing our last minute vacation planning, it'll always be the. By the way, what are the laws here? Like, yep. Yeah. How are, are we, people? Are, people are we cool illegal here as humans? Yeah. Are we <laughs> sisters for a week? What's going on? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that unfortunate uh, element to any queer relationship, but. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely a frustrating, frustrating part of being a young, fairly femme presenting queer woman. Uh, I think actually all queer women deal with this. But for the threesome thing is what I'm talking about in particular. Yeah. That is like, yeah. nobody believes you're gay. Everyone believes you want to have sex with, you know, you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend or whatever. And it. It's just bizarre. I don't get that. It's like I who who goes about looking at someone's relationship and thinking like, "Oh, you definitely want me to be a part of it." I have never had that thought yeah. in my life. I mean, the I've never looked that men at a couple have in general. Yeah, I've never looked at a couple and been like, "Oh, I know what you need me." Ever. Like I yeah. don't understand that. Right. I yeah, don't it's definitely get that thought process. I think it's probably definitely more of a problem with femme presenting queer women because the only time a, co- a straight couple would ask me to come over is if they need like their kitchen painted or something. <laughs> well, I think that's just, yeah. I mean, the guys are probably like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, feel yeah. threatened by whatever. I was going to say, anything. guys are probably afraid that you're going to steal. And that's and what they, I'm, they're, they're you know what? Say, and yeah. they should be, they should be afraid of they, that. <laughs> they should live in a healthy fear of that. Good. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Impose that healthy fear on them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I was Absolutely. actually. So last Friday was a lesbian visibility day and I made the mistake of um, going to uh, an open mic. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, not that this person knew that it was lesbian visibility day, but it was like even more enraging to listen through this. But this guy who was, a, you know, cis straight male decides to spend his whole set talking about the gay community and, and talking about how like, uh, you know, nobody has a problem with lesbians and like everybody is like 
excited when two women kiss and everybody's cool with that. And I'm like, yes, we just exist for your pleasure. Yeah. Like, what are you? Mm. Also, why don't you just name the girl that broke up with you for a woman? Yeah. Like, <laughs> whenever I... Whenever men fixate on that, I'm always like, oh, you definitely got dumped for a woman at some point in your life. Yeah. And now you're just mm-hmm. being a little piss baby about it. I, I, I'm oh. very tired of how, you know, every day on uh, Twitter, it's like there's three like, oh, it's National Pancake Day and National Thank Your Banker Day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Lesbian Visibility Day, I like to say, uh, is carries a little bit more importance uh, just to remind people once a year we're more than a porn category and um, you know it's it's needed we really are I think we need to start that hashtag hashtag more than a porn category yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's something in that for sure yeah oh man oh man so Going back to, to 20s, um, that's a time for, for a lot of people where they're um, either like transitioning out of college or maybe they didn't go to school. Um, Smart. But they <laughs> <laughs> All the people with no debt yeah, uh, exactly. didn't go to college. And the rest of us are voting for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us would literally die Game of Thrones style for Elizabeth Warren. But anyway... Um, but it's, it's still definitely just like moving from your, your teens into your twenties, uh, is, um, is a crazy time. I know for me, I mean, I was always like one of those people that like, I felt like I couldn't grow up fast enough. And Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a teenager, I always wished like, Oh, get me out of here. I just want to be older. And then in my early twenties and like, you're starting to look for jobs. And I felt like nobody took me seriously like at all. And I had a supervisor who was actually like a lesbian woman. And she was like, just so you know, nobody's going to take you seriously professionally until you're like at least 35. And yeah, that, that's kind of a depressing thing to say to someone in their twenties. Right. 20s, but right? <laughs> Damn, kinda, yeah. It's actually like kind of savage. <laughs> Yeah, but but then I yeah, I don't know. It's like you just feel like once again you're like starting from the bottom and have like this new mountain to to climb. Yeah. Uh it, is that relatable at all? <laughs> yeah. <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing? Are we <laughs> so far so good. Are we recalling our you. 20s well? Great. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I definitely also recall that period of my teen years, especially in high school, just being like, get me out, get me out. Ooh, I want to just be an adult already. Uh, I want to get into the gay bars. <laughs> Where are the gays? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I think there is something that does shift in you in your early 20s where you do have to start thinking about, you know, bills. Uh, (laughs) You have to start thinking about those things that, you know, were sort of second in the back of your head. You start, there's no school to like, oh, but I, you know, I have a semester coming up. Like there's no, there's no time markers uh, anymore in your life. It's not like, okay, well we have this semester and this semester and then there's summer and then there's this, like, bam, now you're just, everything is just one long, especially in LA because we don't have any seasons. So it kind of just feels like your life and your years blend together in this weird purgatory state, um, but, but fun, but like in a nice yeah. way. Um, it's a with beautiful a nice purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a nice purgatory and there's good food, but um, it is definitely an odd transition to start to go, okay, well, how am I going to mark my years and what are the time markers that I need to follow now? Are they career oriented? And I think if you have a nine to five job, that's a little easier in that sense. You can go, okay, well, I get a promotion. I want to get a promotion here. I want to, you know, do leave the job here. But when you're working creatively um, and, you know, doing your side hustle, it's a little harder to mark your your growth and your successes and also to just kind of navigate what the hell you need to do to get where you're going. So yeah. I think I definitely definitely can relate to that, and I'd say – all my uh, other friends can as well. And I think there is this weird pressure too now that I, I was an acting major in college. I majored in acting and playwriting and then I minored in marketing. Um, and I think when you're in school, you have this idea of like where your career is going to go the minute you graduate. Mm-hmm. And in your 20s, that's obviously when you have to work as hard as you can to make sure that your career does take off and that things do 
happen the way that you want them to. There is this pressure, like to at least establish yourself to a degree in your 20s so that, you know, by the time you hit 30, you, you kind of know like, okay, I can make a living out of this. Even if I have to have this other thing on the side, like this can be something that I can continue to pursue. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there is this uh, time where you have to kind of figure out, okay, well, when, when does my dream come into play and when does reality come into play? When, how do I balance those and you know, how can I make that work in my life? That's, that's a very interesting point because I, I do think too, like a big decision, uh, and again, probably more relevant to people who are, uh, coming out of college than not, but is, um, making that, well, I guess coming out of high school too, making this decision of, am I going to, uh, follow my dreams or am I going to pick a safe path? And you mentioned like you had a marketing minor. So like just as easily uh, and probably like more comfortably so you could have found like an entry level marketing job um, and then pursued like your dream secondary on nights and weekends or or something like that. Or some people are just like, no, I'm going to like kind of jump off this cliff and go like full force and and put everything uh, into like what I really want to do and my, my passion. Um, yeah. I mean, there's other factors that go into that too. Like, you know, financial privilege is part of it. It's something that I think has to be considered, especially in the creative arts. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, we all know people who no fault of their own, but have these like sort of jumping off points or a safety net behind them. Whereas other people have to kind of, wait, you know, several years to kind of, to really start doing what they want to do. Um, and I mean, for myself in particular, I, I have a degree in marketing, but I'm like, I bartend to pay the bills because that's yeah, what, same, same. that's how I like, you know, make money out here and pay my bills and, and kind of pursue everything else on the side. Um, so good, I, I do like to consider, jobs, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, um, I don't know. I think there is, I remember in my twenties, there was, there was, like you said, a lot of pressure to have like the answer for what it is that you want to do. But I think we are unnecessarily placing that pressure on pe- on younger people and ourselves in that way. Um, Absolutely. Just because I and think- also I, I read this like report the other day that was saying the average adult has seven careers in their lifetime. Yeah. So why on earth do we have this whole idea? I'm just going to go back on everything I just said, but why do we have this (laughs) idea that we have to, we have to know exactly what we're doing by a certain age and then do just that for the rest of your life. It makes absolutely no sense. But having said that, we still feel it. Like we still all have this, yeah, that feeling of like, Oh God, I gotta, you know, show my parents that this, (laughs) acting degree was worth something. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, my parents are very supportive. No, no, my parents are great. Um, (laughs) But there is definitely that, uh, constant pressure and anxiety of like, okay, I need to know who I am and I need to know what I'm doing and I need to have it all figured out. And Mm -hmm. it, life just doesn't work that way. And I think that that was something that I think does come into play in the show a little bit, just this, especially with the character of Tina, I feel like, um, that one friend who, is kind of always making the wrong choice, but you love her just as much for it. And, you know, she's (laughs) trying her best and failing miserably, but she's still trying. And I think that that is something that, I mean, for me is definitely relatable. And I think for all of my friends as well, it's like you you have that energy and that drive to, to do all those things that you've been talking about doing your entire life. But, you know, you still, (laughs) there's still a little, (laughs) you still got to like make all the mistakes and uh, figure it out as you go. Yeah, for sure. And and there's also, like, as you're trying to figure it out, um, like, uh, I don't know. I just remember being, I think, I think I was 27 when I started doing comedy and I thought I'm too old for this. And it's ridiculous to think that now, but I was like, oh, no, I had to have um, started when I was, <laughs> 21, yeah. you know, and then like all I, the good stand up comedians are 21. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It worked for Pete Davidson, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Thinking like, but, but seeing like comparing yourself to other people and just 
like discounting what you can do and to think that like 27 is too old for anything is yeah. is insane mm-hmm. especially when you move to New York and like I, I remember because I was living in uh, Atlanta before I moved to New York and I got uh, married for the first time when I was 26 and uh, all of my New York friends thought that that was like insane <laughs> that I was getting married so they're like oh it's because you live in the south now I was like no this is like a normal Age to get married, <laughs> right. right? And they're like, no. And now, like, in New York, like, none of my friends. Nobody under 30 is married. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, well, also, I remember, like... I, as a kid, I always had this thing. I was like, okay, I'll have my 20s. I'll get married by 26, and that will be that. And I look at that now, and I'm like, I'm not getting married by 26. Isn't that hilarious like, now? That's yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, for people who are uh, in in their 30s, I guess, and being like, oh my God, I'm not married yet. Like I got married when I was 26 and uh, some people might've been like, oh, like lucky her. But then I got divorced. Uh, so <laughs> like, like getting married at a certain age, like literally means nothing. Marriage is never, <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. because we, we tend to view marriage as some sort of finish line when that's it's anything not, yeah. but what it actually is. It's no, the beginning no, of something. Not. So, yeah. And also, like, another thing about kind of shifting back a little bit to, like, creative fields in your 20s, like, my 20s for me, I mean, I I basically uprooted my life and went nuclear and started over at 27 and moved out here. But um, Hell yeah. it was awesome. Um, but also, like, when it comes to, like, working in a creative field, we have to sort of unlearn all of these kind of weird sticky points of, like, capitalism and how that contributes to what we view as success. Because when Absolutely. I was in my 20s, you know success was sort of measured in literally in dollar amounts and like mm-hmm. what is your contribution to the capitalistic machine whereas that's real that that also makes it hard to relate to people maybe family or friends we grew up with who have like the nine to five and that's their thing as like no I'm actually doing well for myself you know what I mean just because you're not just because you can't measure like for me personally you can't measure what I'm doing in terms of dollar amounts right now but I do consider myself like succeeding at a thing that I'm doing, even though it's not like commercially at this point, like I'm not rich from it. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. So we have to sort of unlearn that, which is hard. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about 20. I mean, Caitlin and I funded season one with the savings that we had saved up from college. Um, And then season two, we, we had our, you know, Indiegogo that paid for the season, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not in any way something that's commercially viable. Like, I'm not making a living off of the web series. Yeah. Um, and I think there is this misconception, too, in regards to YouTube, uh, where people look at the views and the subscribers. And we have, like, 7.5 million views, and we have over 50,000 subscribers. So I think people look at that, and they go, like, oh, well, <laughs> they're doing fine. They have a house in yeah. the hills. And it's so <laughs> could not be more untrue. Yeah. Um, YouTube does not pay what you think it does. Uh, so it is just kind of interesting how, you know, people will assume based on, uh, success that it translates monetarily and it doesn't necessarily ever. Um, yeah. hopefully at some point it will, but you know, it is that kind of thing where I can look at this show and I can look at what I've accomplished creatively and feel very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can put on my uniform and go to my go to my serving gig. Um, yeah, so it totally. is, it is kind of interesting. Like it, it's, it's, you do have to compartmentalize in a way that friends who don't have those nine to five jobs do necessarily. I, my best friend from high school is in finance. Um, he worked for like Morgan Stanley for a while, one of those big companies. And it's really interesting talking to him cause he, he's like the best kind of capitalistic you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. cog, I guess, because we'll talk and <laughs> And he'll be like, oh, my God, like, I'm, it's so cool what you're doing. Like, it's so impressive. Like, I'm so impressed. I'm like, it's so cool what you're doing. I'm so impressed. And we'll just sit there and not understand each other's careers, but be, like, mutually <laughs> mutually impressed by each other. Yeah, and, that's um, great. And, you know, that's the best way to be, I think. It's, it is so important what you said. It is so important to be able to recognize your successes in, in a way that doesn't directly reflect the money that was made off of them. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not, it's not everything. And... Do everyone always? My family, the the phrase in my family was always like, "Do what you love, and money will come." Yeah, um, 
obviously like still having to have a side job and all that, not like just give up any <laughs> potential sources of making money and go for it. Not that, but, um, but I think it always kind of pissed me off cause I was like, okay, no, but I want money now. Yeah. Um, but I do think, <laughs> I do think that it is definitely, there is something to be said for that because if you put your heart and soul into something and you work really hard to make sure that your voice gets known and that people are aware of you and aware of what you can contribute that is uniquely you. I think that like, how is, how, how are people going to turn away? You know, if it's, yeah. if it's uniquely you and which it has to be by virtue of the fact that no one else is you, then, yep. you know, make it and someone's going to have to listen at some point. Uh, I think it took me like all of my twenties to get to a point where I realized that, um, the, kind of that idea that that there is no finish line and especially like creatively um, when it comes to happiness, it's like you have these career goals, but then you realize like if you're not happy where you are right now, that next thing that you get isn't going to be what makes you happy. Like yeah. that role you land, that gig you get, like that doesn't equal happiness. And that really didn't, sink in, I, I would say till, till my er, early thirties, but like I spent my twenties chasing things that I thought like, well, maybe this is happiness. Maybe this is happiness. Well, if I just got that and then I'm like, oh wait, no, like you need to find a way to just be happy with like who you're with and what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I, I know people who got the gig writing for SNL or a late night show and they weren't any happier. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, I feel like it's an easy, I I mean, I do that all. I think everyone does that, you know, everybody kind of projects and goes like, well, when I get this, everything will be solved or I'll I'll be like problem solved. Like, I mean, I do consider myself a very happy person. Like right now, I just feel like life's great and having a fun time, but, um, but I do, I totally understand that, that feeling of like, but it would be better if, or, yeah. but once I get this, I'll have made it quote unquote, which like, yeah. what does that even mean? Because like, this is such a bizarre industry anyway, everything is constantly fluctuating and yeah. you know, you could be on top of the world one day and no one calls you in the next. That's just the career. Um, so it is, yeah, that's definitely a very real thing that I have to check myself sometimes and be like, no, like life's good right now. It doesn't matter. Like this stuff will all fall into place, but even if it doesn't, like, I'm still chill. Like, life's still yeah, good. <laughs> exactly. Um, a, another interesting thing about being in your 20s, I think, is friendships and making new friends because that's very different. It's like your whole life, it's like who you go to school with uh, are your friends. And then you go to college if you do, and you make close friends there. And then you get out of that. And I don't know, I, I found for me, it was like, my coworkers who like I didn't see outside of work were the closest people to me. And that was weird because it's like not your typical kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see them like in a work environment, but these are the people who know the most about me and right. what's going on with me. And that's who I spend all my time with, like aside <laughs> from like any relationships uh, outside of work. And it, it kind of like took me, a while to realize that, but like a, a truth that I think a lot of people feel, especially if you move to uh, a new city is how hard it can kind of be to, to make friends in your twenties and how daunting that is. Uh, did you have any experiences with that? Yeah. Um, I think, I think I definitely got pretty lucky on that front. I grew up in LA. Um, so I have a few, few friends from high school who are still hanging around when I moved back and I went to Emerson in Boston, which is, uh, Oh yeah. Very, yeah, performing arts, journalism, uh, film-focused school. So yeah. pretty much once we graduated, half the class went to New York and half the class came to L.A. So yeah. when we first moved out here, it was it was awesome because, you know, I just had all my friends from, from college and my friends from high school, and everyone was just kind of in this one city, which I don't think is a lot of people's experience. I got very lucky in that way. And then um, through friends and through creative ventures and whatever – I ended up meeting a lot of people that I never would have met otherwise. Um, and I find that a lot of my friends now are actually in their mid, mid to early to mid thirties, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. Like just, I feel like in so many ways, 
I'm like, oh, we're like in the same boat. And then I'm like, but you've also accomplished X, Y, and Z. And you know, you're, you're have a 401k or whatever, but, um, <laughs> it is, not it all is of us cool, have that kind of, <laughs> it is cool <laughs> being able to not have to deal with those stupid, like, oh, well I'm in college. So my friends are all in college. It's nice yeah. to be able to branch out and kind of find your, create your own communities. Um, and I think that that is what's great about your twenties is the ability to kind of pick and choose, you know, like these are my people who I've known forever, who will always be my people. But now I can bring in these new people who reflect where I'm at at this point in my life. And I guess you do that at every phase. Um, but I, I think, I, yeah, I've definitely gotten lucky in terms of just meeting people. Um, I've had a lot of kismet meeting people organically kind of situations over the past few months. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, if it weren't for those kind of like lucky star situations, especially in LA, you don't really have, it's not a walking city. It's not like you walk down the street to your local coffee shop and you're like, Oh, these people are so fun. Like, let's, let's do this every Tuesday. Like it's not really that environment. Um, so I can, if I had moved out here and I didn't know anyone, I don't know what I would have done because it's just, it is just this like wasteland of suburbia where you're kind of just like, (laughs) where, (laughs) Where are the people? I know they're here because there's traffic, but I don't see them (laughs) when I'm not in my car. So, yeah, it is. I mean, those are definitely real viable struggles, 100%. That's kind of how it was in in Atlanta, too. I mean, it's a very, like, car, urban sprawl kind of city. So when I moved there, I, I didn't know how to make friends. Like, I had this roommate who was, like you know, I found her online and she was very into like Disney princesses and, uh, uh, and like medieval art. I don't know. We didn't have a lot in common. And, uh, she wasn't a horse girl. She was a unicorn girl, I think. uh, Yes. I think that's a good description. Very sweet. But, um, so like I wasn't hanging out with her and then I was also like in a long distance relationship, which was a horrible idea. And, uh, I just like didn't know how to make friends. And and at the time it was before things got too creepy, but I actually made uh, two friends through Craigslist in the strictly platonic section. Um, And I ended up marrying one of them, uh, which like, again, in retrospect was also a mistake. But, you know, for a while, the friendship. uh, No, I learned a lot from that. Anyway, I'm going to keep walking back on my comments. Um, Craigslist. Yeah. I, oh, I, I met friends on Craigslist, but it really was like through my, my ex-wife and like other people that she actually met on Craigslist. Like that's how I found my community of friends. It Are was, you like, guys this secretly very sponsored by Craigslist? And I just <laughs> we, wasn't I mean, aware. We hope because... to be. I get $10 every time I say Craigslist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, other, the other sponsor of this podcast is divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's my favorite thing you've ever yeah. said. Okay. <laughs> and so true. I'm gonna email divorce.com yeah. after this. Uh yeah, so so I had like I had it like a very weird way. And, and and now like most of my friends are people that I meet for the most part through doing comedy. Um Though what one thing you you mentioned I want to go back to that was something like very different and very cool I think is once you're in your 20s your friends like span all sorts of ages mm-hmm. like some of the people that I like the most and I would you know go and hang out at their on their porch on weekends were like guys in their 40s when I lived in oh, Atlanta yeah. and like that's just kind of who I was relating to at the time and like age doesn't like I remember uh, just being friends with people who were older than my older sister, which was crazy to think about because like in high school, her and her friends seemed so much older. Um, But now, you know, now I'm married to somebody who's older than my sister. And like (laughs) years ago, I would have thought that was insane. Like I would (laughs) never marry someone that old, but it's like (laughs) only a few years. Right, right. (laughs) No, it's true. It is. I think there is this, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about this the other day where I feel like there's kind of this, like, I mean, obviously you're always growing and maturing, um, mm-hmm. but it, it does change in the ways in which you do so kind of around, I'd say like twenties because you do, you do sort of, everyone's kind of 
roughly not in the same boat, but sort of in the same boat. You know, we all have, mm-hmm. we don't have those school time markers anymore. We don't have like a semester program. We're yeah. all just kind of floating out here, making it work. And especially in the creative world, you know, you're all uh, doing whatever you're doing to pursue your passion. And so it is this kind of age doesn't matter as much anymore. It doesn't really come into play. Like I don't even think about it. Um, that often I have a friend who I didn't know was 38 until like a week ago and it surprised me. I mean, he looks great. Uh, not that you look bad at 30. Jesus Christ. I got it. It's a lot of really know. hot 38 year olds. Um, but, but it was just surprising. Like I, I guess I just, in my mind, I met him and I thought, okay, oh, this guy's 26, 27 and he wasn't. Yeah. And it, it's sort of like you don't really I can't like I truly don't think that I can tell the difference when a lot of time when I meet people. I just assume everyone is 28. I feel like that's just I'm not 28, but I even just I feel like I assume everybody is sort of roughly in that age range, everyone I'm hanging with. And then when you find out they're not, you're like, oh, yeah, why would you be? Like, why would right. everyone I meet in L.A. be 28? It makes no sense. Because like we have but, different <laughs> creative ages. You know what I mean? Like that that's our generation is yeah. like. Or like, you know, in the creative world, we are all like sort of like we're not I mean, not measured, but like we can kind of be categorized by what stage in our career we're at rather than our age, which is absolutely fine. Like creatively, I'm 21. Yeah. But my I have the knees and the lower back of a 45 year old man. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, it's true. Um, I suppose that is kind of, you know. drastically different (laughs) and that used to be fine and a lot of times it was like you were saying that there were people who were in their late 30s that I just thought were in their late 20s but now that I'm in my early 30s and I assume everyone else is in their early 30s yeah um I've I think like low key offended quite a few women who aren't yet 30 and they're (laughs) like did you think I was 30 and I'm like uh uh, I mean 30s great like 30 is there's great. There's nothing wrong with being 30. It's- I stopped getting carded when I was like 16. People would just be like, and what do you want? And I was like, oh, okay. wow, you were a much cooler teen than I was. So I like, I, I get that hardcore. I'm so used to people thinking I am in my 30s. It's, I don't know if it's my voice or my face or what it is, but, but I understand that completely. I've just given up on anyone ever thinking I'm in my 20s unless I tell them. So. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think the pink hair has helped me. Yeah. It's aged me down a little bit. Yeah. I have personally deeply enjoyed every second of my 30s, and things are only getting better. So you have that to look forward to. Your 30s are awesome. 30. I think that's going to be a good year. Oh, yeah, my God. Absolutely. It's the best decade ever. And I think 40s are going to be even, even better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tw- 20s, uh, I mean, such a great such a great decade, uh, in terms of like learning and growing and like figuring out what you want out of your life. Because when I think of like all the things I did between graduating from college, moving to a new city, uh, like changing career paths multiple times, I had like three distinct careers in my twenties from when I graduated to like being briefly in a PhD program and then uh, changing to uh, working in advertising and then doing comedy uh, all within that decade. Yeah. It's crazy. And then also getting married. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what, a, what a wild ride. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it is kind of weird though, isn't it? Because like I, I remember when I graduated high school, somebody uh, said to me, or multiple people said to me, oh, those are the best four years of your life. <laughs> and I remember being like, fuck, no, they aren't. Like, there is no way. There is no way in hell that those were the best. I I know a lot of people for whom that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, it, and it's so sad because it's like, it's yeah. so early on. Like, that is yeah. so early to peak. And yeah. I, I just think, like, I remember after college, I was like, damn, college was so fun. It was such a blast. So much better in high school. And everyone goes, those are the best four years of your life. And I was like, really? Oh, God. Oh, no. Like, yeah, it was an absolute blast. But that's it? Like, what what happens after that those are the only two options? It's either high school or the best four years or college is the best four years, you know? And then yeah. you graduate and you get out into the real world and you're kind of like, 
okay, well, like these last four years have been really freaking fun as well, or two years or however long I've been out of college. But the point being, like, it's sort of like, it's weird that like, I think our society puts this pressure on, oh, your youth is the best time of your life. Once you're 25, you're dead. Uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> this is, that's the only, that's it. Well, and, and they're also so specifically doing that to women. Like, absolutely. I, like men aren't oh, being yeah. told that at all. Did you read that bullshit post and it was like, men peak in attractiveness at 50 and women peak at 17. And I was like, <laughs> I'm no. sorry, says who? What? Says it was every advertiser s- ever. <laughs> yeah, but it was just so like, such bullshit. for someone to, so, and a woman wrote the article. And of for, course. for someone to, they were like, it's just a scientific study. And I'm like, is it though? Is it <laughs> I'm really? I'm just a messenger. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, God, like, it's just so bizarre the way that we yeah. view. Yeah. And I'll find myself like, I don't really, I, I find that I don't really think about like, I'm, I'm confident in how I look. And I don't really think about it until it's until I'm like in a room with people who are like, oh, God, am I crow's feet and look at this? And what are you going to do when you get Botox? And I'm like, Jesus, what? I don't know. I got to go look in the mirror and figure out what I don't like about myself now. Like, yeah, there, it's this weird <laughs> thing where it's like you don't really think about it until someone else puts the idea in your head so right why are we doing that why are you even putting those ideas in people's heads i don't know it's i will say walking around la is a little bit uh makes me feel like very self-aware of my appearance because everybody looks like tv ready like they look like they just stepped off set to get lunch and i'm like what am i doing it's true my friend (laughs) described herself the other day she goes i'm a 10 out of 10 in boston and i'm a 6 out of 10 in la and i thought that was like (laughs) Just the funniest uh, sentence. Like, <laughs> I'm in, in New yeah. York City. I'm like, I'm. I feel like I'm a ten out of ten in New York, but I would be a literal bridge troll in L.A. So, <laughs> like, I would have to just go around to telling like riddles and making people give me money to pass me. <laughs> but I mean, I can't wait to go see it someday. Yeah, you know, come, the, come hang. That, <laughs> that thing about seventeen-year-olds uh, and. I don't know. To me, this is such a difference between uh, between straight men or like any men who are attracted to women and and queer women uh, that I don't know, like any queer women who look at a 17 year old and are like, (laughs) yeah. No, but like, but that is you know, so true. So we're like, true. oh my god, she looks like a baby. That's what I think every time I see a seventeen-year-old. I'm like, she she's a baby. She's like she's literally a, literal a baby. baby. There's nothing yeah. to me that's yeah. like sexual or sexual. Like I get so uh, uncomfortable. Like even on TV shows where it's like a high schooler that's like played by a twenty-two-year-old, and then she's like somewhat sexualized, like on Glee. I'm like, I feel really weird for having a crush on Santana because right. even though she's in her thirties in real life. Yeah. 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 But the fact that she's playing a high schooler, like this, this weirds me out or like well, any of the pretty little liars. Yeah. Uh, well, like, it, it just kind of like proves to you that like that aesthetic obsession with youth is purely derived from the male gaze, Yeah, you know, Absolutely. and like, and Absolutely. the, and the pursuit of being the object of the male gaze is what the entire like fashion and cosmetics industry was built around. Like yeah. everything, every, from all angles, we're told from the time we're like infants that our clock is ticking on our attractiveness. And that is 100% due to the influence of men on culture. And I think it's important to dismantle that as often as we can. And lesbians are really doing the part to, you know, our part to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you think of like, whenever I'm with my queer friends and they're like, oh, who, you know, you're talking about whatever people you find attractive every single time everyone's like a oh, Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson. Totally. Like, for yes. sure, you know, We're and that's just the big difference. Actresses. Yes. We yeah. all have middle-aged actresses. <laughs> that's like the huge difference is you're yeah. like, oh, you know, they're mature. They got their shit together. They're just such a hot couple. Like yeah. I, it's, it's so funny. You'd never. Yeah. So it is, it is kind of interesting. Like the way that queer women are just, better in so many uh elements of of life yeah that's the whole yeah. point of this podcast For lack of yeah. a better word yeah we're just better we just are i mean we don't cat call that's like another thing too it's like yes uh-huh. we are also attracted to women but we don't make them feel yeah. like uncomfortable like but somehow we don't shout yeah. to them on the street like, absolutely I wonder absolutely the, the superhuman willpower that we all have yeah to yeah. not be predatory in public <laughs> 
it's yeah. incredible. That's why when guys are like, ooh, I can't help it. I can't I'm help like, it. No, I'm Just attracted like to women, women too. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm not doing God. any of this shit. Um, yeah. No, it's, uh, damn. So we need to start wrapping up and getting to our listener question. Uh, but do you have any, I guess, closing thoughts on your 20s or anything we, we didn't cover about uh, the 10 years of your life that you're almost halfway through? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I'd say biggest closing thoughts uh, are yeah. probably that I'm looking forward to my 30s, honestly, after yeah after our discussion, which is uh, a good place to be in. Yeah, I... Um, you know, it's a, it's a wild time. It's a lot of fun, but it just goes uphill. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing I didn't mention that changes, like it, I don't know if it's happened for you already or, or whether or not you drink, but alcohol tolerance changes. Oh, it's over. Oh my God. Dramatically I, have in your been, 20s. I have been freaking out all week because I decided to Google just out of pure curiosity. I said, what is the av- what is like uh, the average amount that uh, that someone should drink in in like a week? And for women it's 7 glasses of alcohol a week, which is already low when you really think about it because that's totally. just one drink every day and that's yeah. it. And then yeah. for men it's 14. Yeah, 14. yeah. 14. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I know men who weigh the same as me and you're telling me that they can drink 14 beers <laughs> a week, but I can only drink 7. Excuse me? Yeah. So, so that's real. The hangover situation <laughs> when you become like it, it, it for me it really happened at like 28. I sort of crossed this line of like, okay, I cannot function for an entire day if I'm hungover. It's impossible. Mm. And now Oh yeah. my God. It's, it's, it's just that I will say that's the only thing that gets worse is your, that uh, to be at 23. Yeah. Like, I the don't hangovers know. will sideline you for a, like a calendar day. Yeah. I never, I never threw up from drinking alcohol until this year and I did not Congrats. drink that much. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't even drunk when it happened. Right. It was yeah. horrifying. I was like, what is going on right now? Do I have food poisoning? Like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do feel that. It was a really scary experience. Uh, I was like, did someone yeah, it's not spike great. my beer? The answer is no. No one did. <laughs> right? That's just how your body works as you. Yeah. 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 So, yep. so get ready for that, folks in your 20s and teens listening to this. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You spend less on alcohol that way. All right. Listener question. <laughs> This is from someone who's not yet in their 20s, so they're going to love this episode. Uh, I'm 18 now, and I came out in the eighth grade as someone who spent all of middle school with straight friends and just started having queer friends in my junior year. I find it difficult to find potential girlfriends. A few lesbians my age I found are either already in a relationship or just aren't my type. Most of the time I hear older lesbians talk about meeting their girlfriends in college, but unfortunately I'm a college dropout. Uh, I've tried to meet new people at the local LGBT center, but uh, that's fallen flat. Do you have any advice for me as someone who is still too young to go into bars? And first I want to say... Uh, you know, if you have a crush on someone in a relationship, hang tight. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, Just their relationship yeah. will end eventually. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, I remember that. That's relatable. Um, yeah, I remember being 18 and single and kind of being like, are you kidding? Like, where am I gonna, how am, how am I supposed to meet these people? Like, just by kismet? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean... Oh God, I wish I had some, some, I mean, I went to college in in Boston, uh, as well. And I remember when I first got to college, I, I had no idea like where the, where the lesbians were. And then also like, wasn't immediately out to everyone, um, that because I had like just met all these people. So that wasn't going to be like my opening line and, uh, just going out to like a lot of, straight bars Mm -hmm. all the time and like even though I was in college I still like in a city full of young people uh was struggling on like what's exactly the the best way to to meet people yeah and it kind of took a while I think I had like the exact same experience I went to Emerson um because it's a great school and I had a wonderful theater program but I can't lie and not say that one of the huge draws was 
it was the number one LGBT friendly school in the country. I was like, yep. okay, well there has to be gay women there. There just have to be. Yeah. Um, and then I got there and even still, I was like, okay, I know you're here, but where are you? Right. Um, but I think, I think Emerson's theater- tricky because a lot of the women have eyebrow piercings and you think that's a tell, <laughs> but it's like anybody could have one. Everyone at least wears at the time I was there. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was I, at one point I ended up, that just kind of was, that was just what I did as I went, okay, you know, you chose to come here. You're in the theater program. Even if you say you're straight, you're probably not that straight. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, you're in the film program or, or whatever. I just kind of looked around and I was like, all right, I think I've just got to be, I've just got to be confident and bold with yeah. this one. And yeah. every time it worked, even if they were like, I'm straight. I was like, no. And they'd be like, no, you're right. I was like, really? That was all it took? Awesome. Great. Yeah. So I think like, you know, you're... When you find yourself in like a creative community, or at least a, a community of people who are, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that all queer allies are actually just gay people because that's <laughs> absolutely not true. But I do think that like when you find yourself in a community of friends or a community of people who are at least open and accepting and understanding, other people are going to be drawn to that. Other queer people are going to be drawn to that community, and I think that that's like a good place to start. Yeah, I, I think like being the best version of yourself that you can be and just like loving yourself as stereotypical as it sounds will bring people to you rather mm-hmm. than trying to uh, hunt down people. Like you don't have to necessarily put yourself in queer spaces. Just like if if you give off this vibe that you love yourself and that you're you're confident, people will come to you, whether it's like through friends or whatever, but it will seem like you are ready to to be available to like link up with someone. Yeah, and I think for for this listener in particular, first of all, congrats on being a college dropout at 18 because uh, (laughs) you will not spend the rest of your life in debt like some of us are from college. And that's and you and you have so much time to figure out exactly what you want to do career wise. And there's absolutely no reason to commit yourself to an education at like right now. I think we're all I think that age is far too young to expect young people to know Decking what they're going to do with their by life. college dropouts. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and also, you know, you have something that I didn't have when I was 18, which is the internet and the way it exists today. Yep. Obviously I, I technically did have the internet, but that was, this was pre social media. Um, so, you know, you can find online communities of people. Um, and I, and there's no, indication in your email of where you live, but, uh, you know, that's kind of where you can start and you can sort of meet people in real life from those connections. Um, you obviously take the precautions to make sure it's safe and make sure the person is, they say they are, et cetera. Don't get catfished. Yeah, yeah. Don't get catfished. Um, but yeah, like meeting friends is kind of where that, that sort of thing begins. Um, and then kind of building a network from there and you have all the time in the world. Uh, I mean, for context, I didn't kiss a girl until I was like 22 and, I mean, things are, I mean, I, things are going really well for me now. So like, uh, it's just, it's not, there is no real timestamp on this and you're very, very young still. And you have so much ahead of you. And I'm super jealous of you for knowing this about yourself at the age you are right now, because I didn't really know until I was about 20. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, I would say build some sort of, you know, online network first. Um, and I'm sure, you know, a lot more of those platforms to do it through that I do. Uh, and yeah, just kind of put yourself out there for friendship first and, and everything else will come organically. And, and just a little patience too. Like I remember, honestly, there was maybe like four months when I first went to college that I was single. And one time literally cried because I thought I was going to die alone. I was single for like, (laughs) this is me who goes from like relationship to serious relationship (laughs) and four months of being single. I was like, nobody will, I'll never find anybody. The odds are against me. You've had two wives. So take that 18 year old (laughs) self. (laughs) But yeah, had I just like had a little chill about it. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to be fine. You're going to be, you're, it feels like you're in a hurry. Cause I remember, um, I think where you are right now is kind of where I was at about 22 or 23. And I, and I fully remember that feeling of like, you know, you want to accelerate this part of your life of like having a girlfriend and like, you know, everything that comes with that. Um, but it's, 
it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Believe me. Um, like I said, just meet friends first and go from there. And this is probably like the worst advice you'll ever hear, but also it's just going to sound annoying, but like take that time to also get to know yourself. Yes, definitely figure out who you are and what you like. And, you know, think about why, why is it that I want to be with this person? Why is it that I want to do this? Like really psychoanalyze yourself in a healthy way. Um, and just figure out like who you are, take that time to like, take the time to date you (laughs) basically follow all the advice just just look at things that are written for like women in their 40s going through a divorce (laughs) that's the advice that you should follow just date you for a while (laughs) jk all right uh lily where can people find you on social media and uh go watch 20 yeah, so you can watch 20 on YouTube, just 20 the web series spelled out. Um, you type that into YouTube, you'll find the show. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lily, L-I-L-Y, Claire, C-L-A-I-R, and then three E's at the end. Made that Instagram handle in high school, and I wish <laughs> I hadn't, because God, does it get confusing. Um, and then uh, on Twitter at the Lily C-R. Awesome. And you can follow us on all social media at Diking Out. You can join our uh, Patreon community at patreon.com slash Diking Out. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. All that good stuff. Leave us a review if you haven't already. It helps. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn and see my upcoming shows at cbcomedy.com. And yeah, you can follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at the Sarah York. Uh, Lily, thank you so much for decking out with us today. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners for decking out with us this week. Dike out with us next week. All right, bye. bye. Woo. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.